This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites. And we give ours away for free because that's the way a good talk show website should be. So head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy it all on us. We go right into your phone calls to start things out. It's Matt on the amp line in Illinois. Hello, Matt. Good evening, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I was listening to the podcast. I was listening to Saturday Night Show. Unfortunately, I'm not around on Saturday night. I'm usually doing things, so I can't call on Saturday night. And uh, there was a lady that called. You were talking about underage uh, girls or girls at 16 going out with older men. Okay, yes. And you had all these people calling in dead set against that. Finally had a guy call in uh, talking about how his father was 29 and his mom was 16 when they got married. Yeah, it was really an amazing call, and and his uh, parents had been together for, I think it was several decades or something like that, and it had been a wonderful marriage, and he was raised just, whoa, what's going on there, but it doesn't sound good. Anyway, the point that uh, he was getting to, I think, was that uh, this you know gentleman called, and uh, he'd been fine, and his parents had a, you know, <laughs> his father was twice the age of of uh, his mother. That that call really wrapped up the uh, the whole conversation. I mean, all these these goody goodies saying, "I don't want my 16 year old girl humping in the neighbor's house when I'm not around." And I understand. Right. I understand. Right, because her feelings could get hurt or something like that, or something. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the what, what the concern is, but you know, I, I, we're raised with this idea really that that's not what 16 year old girls should be doing. However, 16 year old girls are doing it. Because they did it with me. They're they, more, yeah, they're more I mean, than they're capable with... of making these decisions. Matt, are you still there? We had some phone trouble there. Yeah, uh, can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Go ahead, uh, sir, with your okay. point. All right, well, my parents are in a very similar situation. In 1951, actually in 1950, my mom met my dad. She was 16. He was 25. In 1951, they were married. So they've been married for 57 years. We got eight kids in our family. I, you know... What's changed so much since 1951? Not much. And, and, and that's, not, that's not all, because people will say, well, gee, 1951, that was ages ago. What difference well, does that make? I mean, people are people. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was talking to a woman that I do business with. I order parts from this woman. And we were having a personal conversation, and she was telling me how happy she was that after nine years, her and her husband finally got a house. And I said, oh, I says, you don't sound that old. How old are you? And she said, 25. Wow. Now, you do the math. I yeah. asked her, how old is your husband? 39. Hmm. So, so I, I said, huh. I did the math on that. She was 16. He was 30. And I found out he was married. Well, he was married when he met daughter. her. Mm-hmm. With oh, a nine-year-old wow. daughter of his own. You know, so so now there. This is years later, uh, nine years. Well, this was eleven years later now today because this was a couple of years ago. I was talking to her, so they they had already been together for nine years. They had been married for I think five, and they had a child, and now they have a house, and they have a life of their hmm. own. 
And so, I mean, people and, just discount this thing that well, is right. known as love. Those people right. who are I mean, calling... the best advice there is stay the hell out of other people's business. And that, that includes your family members. Well, those people... people that you know, your children's uh, love life. Those, stay out of it. Those people that were calling that night would have had that man thrown in a prison cell had they known about what uh, the, the relationship that he was having. And, and if he'd been thrown in a prison cell, then that wouldn't have made her feel very good. I mean, they're all concerned about the feelings of this 16-year-old girl. Well, what happens when you throw her boyfriend? in the clink because she's been paying attention to you and spending time with you and doing things that boyfriends do. I mean, it's crazy. And, and, and this this girl was very, very happy in her relationship and with her marriage, at least when she was talking to me about it. Yeah. She seemed it that way. Um, if she, wasn't, she, if she was unhappy enough, she wouldn't be in it. She probably wouldn't be talking about it either, yeah. Right. With exactly. business people. <laughs> so, um, you know, I agree with what Mark was saying. Stay out of other people's business. I mean, unless Absolutely. they approach you and ask you for help. It or may be distasteful can... to you. It may be something that you wouldn't personally be involved in, and that's fine. Leave it there. Why do you have to call in men with guns to go and, and, and try to enforce your vision of what morality is all about upon other people? It's really just a sickness that people have. And, and I, I was really, I would really have preferred to make this on Saturday. When, I, I hope some of these people that were calling in on Saturday pick up the podcast or, or are listening tonight also, um, so they can hear a different point of view. Especially I appreciate that. that. The first woman that called in was just, she was really off the wall. I mean, yeah, they, I know she she apparently had a bad a bad uh, relationship, but. That doesn't mean all girls Who, are 16. I, I'm she wasn't willing to. She wasn't willing to throw that guy in jail, though. When we asked right. her that question, she wasn't willing to throw him in jail. Who is it? Who who at age 16 hasn't had? I mean, who's having relationships hasn't had one go bad? I mean, whether you're if you're in high school and you're having relationships with people, whether they're 17 or 32, odds are real good something's going to go wrong and it's not going to work out. I mean, you're in high school. You've never had a rela- relationships before. You're new at this. You don't know exactly what you want yet. So inevitably, stuff's going to go wrong. The age of the other party doesn't really seem to be an issue to me. It shouldn't be. Uh, it really shouldn't be. I like uh, the the suggestion that you made of, of puberty. I mean, uh, who was it? Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and his 13-year-old cousin were... You can go down the line. Well, what about Loretta Lynn? Loretta Lynn's a great example. They they stayed together forever. Didn't Elvis have a young girlfriend? Yeah, as well? Elvis Presley's uh, Priscilla was uh, b- below the age of consent when uh, when they got together. I mean, do they want to throw the king in jail? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would have too much influence. I think he would have too much money. He'd get out of it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you know, and that's the way it goes. Yeah, it's it's the right. poor guys that go after uh, women, and you know, the the idea here is that um, young girls are incapable of making their decisions uh, when when older guys come into play, and if that's a fallacious point, because. The fact is, um, and I've used it. I've used it in the past with Ian here, and I, you know, to some extent, I believe that there's a, a grain of truth in it. But think about all the 18-year-old girls. I mean, if 16-year-old girls have trouble making decisions, 18-year-old girls aren't any better. Are all the 18-year-old girls dating 40-year-old men? No, no, they're dating 19-year-old idiots. And so, I mean, the fact is, yes, they can't they they, they can't figure out who to date. Um, they're they're poor decision makers on who to date. But that does not include dating older guys. And I and I also believe in I you know I personally believe in love. I believe in falling in love. I believe in the the chemistry of love. And I think that there's chemistry between people. And I agree. Uh, 
uh, the, the pheromones and all that other stuff. That's all been shown. So... I mean, who's to say what is right and what is wrong? Yeah, you're right. I mean, these are people, nosy busybodies. Right, these busybodies right. are telling these these young girls, and it works in reverse. You know, young guys might be dating older women. Uh, they're telling these young people, "Hey, your chemistry's not valid. You can't explore these things with people over a certain uh, age range." And it's just absolutely absurd. People can make their own choices. They do all the time, regardless of what the damn laws say. And the only thing that's happening as a result of all this is people are having their relationships broken up. Uh, teenage girls and teenage boys are being given an, an, an unusual amount of power over their uh, over their boyfriends and girlfriends because if they're older, over that certain age, then they can hold that over them and they can use that to manipulate. So you're actually empowering them to some extent, to, to an unnatural extent. And uh, people are having their lives ruined. Men and, uh, and some women are being thrown in prison cells for doing something that was completely consent-based. People are going to make mistakes. Can we allow them to actually make mistakes without having to compound the problem by putting somebody in a jail cell and then forcing everybody else at threat of, uh, you know, the threat of violence or threat of losing their houses to pay for it? Because I, for one, do not agree with paying for putting these people in jail. I don't want to have I don't want to be associated with behavior like that. I think that's well, far more despicable than taking advantage of a young person. I, I think it's even worse. I think that our society uh, as, as a whole, is, is changing to a less loving, less open, less responsive society to each other. I mean, you, I, I don't know whether I go for that. I mean, they used to have stoning back in the day, and they burned <laughs> witches. I think people were just as nasty back then, except that they would actually yeah. do the killing themselves. Thanks, Matt. Good but, call. Appreciate the. You can't the dis- hug anybody anymore. You can't hug anybody. I'll give you a hug next time you want one. All right, thanks, man. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800 800- 259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go and edit the wiki to your heart's content. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive, wiki.freetalklive.com. And join the Institute for Humane Studies over spring break for one of their free seminars. This March, you can join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. And even better than that, IHS provides housing and meals for you during the conference. Apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or Emory University in Atlanta, March 14th through the 19th. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information. That's LibertarianSeminars.com. Our number here, 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls. Matt is on the, excuse me, Mark is on the line in Oklahoma, or Ohio. (laughs) Mark. Yes, I've You're got a here. question. Yes, I've got a question for you. Yes, sir. In our Declaration of Independence, it says um, for imposing taxes on us without our consent. Do you guys know much about the about this? <laughs> 
Well, first off, I would say that it's their declaration of independence. I was not a signer to it. I mean, I like the ideas and the concepts in it, but it's it's not really my document. Um, but that said, I do I, I do love the idea of consent of the governed. You'll find it uh, in many places. Specifically, I know for a fact that it's in the New Hampshire Constitution. It's the very first. It's the very first amendment that they put in there in their uh, Bill of Rights. Not an amendment. It's just Art- article. Article. Excuse me. I didn't have it in front of me. Their uh, their first article. And yes, the the whole idea of this sort of Western uh, republic government form that we we supposedly have here is predicated and founded upon the idea of the consent of the governed. At least that's as I understand it. What were your thoughts? Well, I, that's what I was wondering. Um, if it was our thoughts, uh, our votes, um, I was just wondering if the Congress took it on themselves to put that in there without our consent. And if that would be true, uh, then why would why are we paying taxes with without our consent. Well, I would tell you the reason why people pay taxes is because they're afraid of being thrown into a cage. That's yeah. why people pay taxes. They're afraid of having their houses stolen from them. So, you know, the concept was that this government is by the consent of the governed. However, the reality seems to be a little bit different. Uh, it seems to be that men and women calling themselves government are ruling by threat of force. And people are living in fear, as we discussed with uh, Judah Camargo last night, 83-year-old grandmother of six who is threatened to uh, been thrown in a prison, threatened to uh, be thrown in a prison cell or have her house stolen from her, and she's afraid, she's frightened to death of of what might what might happen. She understands that she's dealing with a, essentially a gang of criminals. Uh, these are people calling themselves government, uh, but they're really just a gang of uh, of vicious criminals that are willing to hurt old ladies if they don't get their way so you know the reality is we're dealing with people that are willing to use force and however that said there's still an element of consent involved in that everybody most people in this country all over the place are consenting on a regular basis to various different things the government does and the way the government works from what i can tell is that when you don't do anything, when you don't say anything, you're consenting. So if the government uh, is operating and you don't say anything about it and you don't uh, say no, then they believe that that means you're consenting, even though you might be fuming on the inside, even though you might be very upset and you would rather not consent. If you don't make it crystal clear that you aren't consenting, sort of like in the, you can take it down to a microcosmic level of you know if the police pull you over and they say, uh, and they start searching your car and you don't say anything about it, well, you've consented to the search by not objecting. This is, as I understand, the way a lot of the government system works. So what I'm advocating that people do, and I'm I'm doing my best to lead by example, is that they withdraw their consent and the consequences be damned. Now, I understand that there are some people that are in positions that they just don't feel comfortable doing that, and I think that's fine. I think everybody has a certain level to which they can go with this that makes them feel comfortable. And I think everybody should sort of test the waters and try to withdraw consent in, in as many ways as they possibly can, maybe in little ways that, that won't have severe ramifications down, uh, down the line. But I think that if we had more people withdrawing consent and just saying no to these government people, then I think we'd have a real interesting situation developing. Because right now, if you withdraw consent, but you're the only person who's doing it, they can just run right over top of you, railroad you, throw you in a jail cell, and no one will ever talk to you again. No one will ever know about it. But if you're saying, no, I don't consent, and you're surrounded by a group of others that are also saying, no, we don't consent either, leave us alone, we're not hurting anybody, then I think things will be a little bit different. And I think we've started to see some evidence of that happening here in New Hampshire, uh, specifically in the Keene area, but it seems like it's starting to spread out 
out across the state where people are just saying, I've had it with all of this. I've had it with paying your extractions. I've had it with obeying your ordinances and your laws. I have not heard anybody, and I'm not going to consent to your governance anymore. And I think that could be really powerful. Your thoughts, Mark? Well, I said, I guess you said it all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 1-800-259-9231. I mean, they want you to keep playing along. They want you to keep being scared. And as long as everybody is living scared, then what's going to happen? What's going to change? What significant event, uh, you know, what, what, is it, uh, what can we expect to, to go differently? As long as everybody is living in fear of what the government people might do to them, we're going to have a black president. That's supposed to be the change? Is that what you're, that, you're that's, getting at? Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. the world's changing. Yeah. <laughs> Julia and I were uh, driving somewhere the other day, and she was commenting to me about this, and it, it certainly reflects some of the things that have been said on the air. Uh, the, the idea that every two to four years, it's the same old story, whether it's a black president or a woman vice president or whatever the, you know, the window dressing has, however the window dressing has changed, it's always the same message. It's always, well... Vote for me this time, and everything will be all right. We're gonna set the we're gonna set the country on the right track. And I think, the, and it's always the same, whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans. There was a story I saw a headline on the Drudge Report the other day that was talking about. It was a quote from John McCain about how they'd they'd let things get out of hand in Washington. Oh, we just, oh, we were just falling asleep at the wheel. Oh, yeah, I know you elected us to, you know, to rein in the size of government, to the whole contract with America thing. Us Republicans, what were we thinking? We just let things get out of hand. Now, elect me and I'll get it whipped back into shape. Trust me. Well, at least he has the, uh, the the sort of tactical advantage of being the maverick Republican. You know, whatever like that means. Whatever Meaning means. he votes with the Democrats more often. Is that what more it means to be More often than most Republicans. You know, they were. Uh, the, have you seen the McSame signs, uh, Mark? The ninety <laughs> yeah, percent with Bush. Well, Julia also made another point. What What if you looked at Barack Obama's record? She She guessed he's probably voting with Bush seventy five percent of the I time. I think it was forty. Really? That's what I heard somebody say. I don't know. You know. I find I, that hard to believe. Yeah, it's just it's just somebody said that. So I because that would mean if that were true, Mark, that would mean that Barack Obama was voting no a whole lot, and I don't think that most of those people in Washington D.C. vote no very often. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it because of uh, political back scratching and log rolling. The way the system works, you vote for my bill, I'll vote for your bill. Hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. That's kind of the way the system works. I, I, I really have to question that number because George Bush basically signed every single bill that came across his desk. And I imagine most of those came across with glowing approval from the majority of the Senate. But nonetheless, still curious to find out what the facts are. 800-259-9231. Not that it'll matter one whit as far as how things will turn out after uh, the election. Cause I mean, George Bush only vetoed a couple of things. So exactly. what does voting with George Bush mean? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. 
and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. The features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. You call about anything. In the meantime, we talk about things that are interesting to us. And finally, I'm going to get to the story I've been selling all week long about the other octogenarian lady in trouble with the law. This one is a little bit more controversial as far as there may be some disagreement on the program here over this particular issue. Uh, last night, as you know, we had a, a Gita Camargo, 83-year-old grandmother of six, who is under fire by the La Quinta zoning bureaucrats or code enforcement bureaucrats. She, they're demanding that she change a modified garage, which is now a bedroom, back into a garage, even though the modifications were done 30 years ago and uh, prior to her owning the house. I mean, that seems that was a really cut and dry. I mean, everybody agreed that yeah. the city is out of control, especially considering they'd been taxing her on having a three-bedroom home for the three decades she's owned it and so we're all we were all in agreement over that but this one i don't know if you're going to agree with me mark this one is about an 88 year old woman who was actually arrested for taking a ball okay she took a teenager's ball and wouldn't give it back now 88 year old edna jester from blue ash this according to wcpo.com is facing charges she said i said go ahead and arrest me handcuff me if you'd like because I said I'm not guilty of anything. Thursday, Blue Ash police arrested Jester for petty theft after taking her teenage neighbor's football that was in her yard. The incident was caught on tape by people across the street who support Ms. Jester. Taken down and interrogated, a near 90-year-old lady at almost hits home like this is the United States. This can't happen, and this is absolutely ridiculous, said neighbor Kevin Pike. And I happen to agree with Mr. Pike. It is absolutely ridiculous what they uh, did to this poor old lady. I've got to hear some more. I can tell you that I don't think that uh, a ball that lands on someone's property is their property. Well, what if you've warned somebody? I, that's why I have. Th- right. I, that's what Kel- I said. Kelly Tanner. She has five children and says Jester has taken balls from her children before. So she called the police. This time it was a ball that my son had just bought with his own money. He works and he makes his own money. He bought that ball and six days later she took it. Blue Ash police say they didn't want to arrest Jester. Instead, they just wanted her to give the ball back. Jester says that wasn't going to happen. She said, I was giving it back sooner or later, but not right now, so they could make a laughing stock out of me. What's the question? Um, I, I have a, I, you know, this is the problem with uh, getting these stories from, from news sources. You don't know exactly what happened. I would like to know. How many of the balls that she's taken in the past has she kept, and how many has she returned? Good question, good question. Neighbors say the issue of where the kids should and shouldn't play has been ongoing for quite some time. Jester was offered a chance by police to sign a ticket promising to appear in court, but she refused. Right or wrong, she's due in court in November 12th. So we don't know uh, how this situation is going to be resolved at this point. However, I have to say, Mark, just judging by the the bare minimum facts that this story presents, and the other story I found was much, much shorter, so I actually went and tried to find the, the most detailed story I could. 
But judging by uh, the limited information that we have here, we know we're dealing with a teenager. Okay, so we know it's not like she's victimized an eight-year-old or something like that. Somebody who could you could make the argument that didn't understand what was really going on. Uh-huh. Uh, even though I think an eight-year-old certainly capable of understanding. Hey, don't let your balls go in the neighbor's yard. But you're dealing with a teenager, and I think we all were teenagers at one time. We know what the attitude of many teenagers can be like. Where if the old lady next door says, you know, don't leave your balls in my yard or I'm going to take them, then they'll just keep doing it anyway just to spite the old lady. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. And if they've taken – if this old lady has taken balls from these kids in the past, then they know what the consequences could be of leaving a ball in her yard. Now, I find it hard to believe that they were just out in the front yard kicking around this ball and it happened to go over into her yard and she – what – Booked it over to the the ball before the kids got there. This is an 88-year-old woman. So I feel like these kids left that ball in her front yard, and she went and she decided to confiscate it. You want to? I mean, if you whatever you leave in my yard, if you leave it there, then it's mine. Especially if I've told you, hey, don't leave that in my yard. Especially if I've taken things in the past that you've left in my yard. I think this woman was completely in the right. I think, as she said, well, she would have given it back. She just didn't want to give it back right then because the well, kids are out there. she said she would give it back. But, that, that, you know, I, uh, th- this family has a problem with this woman. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that problem is that they take the, she takes the damn balls and doesn't give it back. She's a crabby old lady that doesn't want kids to play. She may be a crabby old lady that doesn't want kids to play. I might agree with you there. However, she has property rights, and she should have the right to not have to deal with a bunch of balls being thrown in her front yard from kids. She doesn't want doing that. I would not disagree with you that she has the right to, uh, to, to her property, and I think that she has the right to keep kids off of her property. However, um, I think that if you are a bad neighbor... You're going to get bad neighborness from other people. Like I'm you're with gonna, you. You're going to get what you put out there. Hey, I'm and, with you. Um, in this case, she got what she put out there. She got unneighborliness. Well, she did not deserve to be arrested over this at all. I, 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 I'm not at rushing all. to her defense. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem. Well, because she was being a cranky old lady. Yeah, and and yeah. I just you know the thing is is I had kids on my street uh, when when I was in Sarasota and it didn't bother me. No, it doesn't bother me either. I'm not that saying they would come and play in my yard, and they did. I'm you not know, saying I, I'm agreeing with the the woman's position. I'm saying I can understand where she's coming from. And it's my – as somebody who believes in property rights, I think that she's completely in the right, especially if she, – presuming she's given them a warning, presuming she's told them, hey, you know, go down the street, don't play here. I think we can reasonably here. guess that there's, they've, been, um, they've been warned because she's taken balls in the past. That's, why, that's what I think, um, yeah. I think that you, you get what you put out in the universe, and I don't feel bad that this lady's had problems if, if uh, she's – Well, the kids got what a, they put out, too. I mean, if the kids uh, were warned, as, as we believe they have been, and they continued to play, then – they got another ball stolen from them. Where would they play? Is uh, uh, one of the Go questions I have. Go down to the park. There's got to be a park somewhere nearby. Uh, what? There are parks everywhere in you, this country. You suggest that those children use a publicly funded park that was ta- the money that uh, goes uh, <laughs> that that goes to fund it was hey, uh, I've used, funded by coercion. I, I've used parks before, Mark, because I've had the money extracted from me, and I don't feel anything wrong with going and using what the gang members have set up for uh, for me to use. Should I want to uh, to utilize that? Um. 
I, I don't uh, I, I don't believe that it's fair to put uh, parks into this scenario. I think that kids do need a place to play, and I think that um, you know it it depends. I, I it just depends. I've lived on uh, dead end streets because that's where I buy, um, and the kids have always played on those dead end streets, and I, I do my darndest, level best to get along. Yeah. I've never had any problems, and I you know it just makes me wonder. I don't know. Could this family be bad? Uh, you know, be be one of those bad neighbor kind of families. Yeah, a trashy family, who knows? Sure could. It's a possibility. But I don't know. And I'm, you know, I'm just not willing to get all excited about this one. Well, now, Mark, I mean, would you agree with me that the woman didn't deserve to be arrested over this? I know you, you can you what can else point are you out that do? She, I, I, she said, I'm not giving the ball back. Take her to small claims court take, or something. Put me in handcuffs. I don't care. What if she doesn't go? Well, then it's a what? damn six dollar football. It, I mean, whatever. Oh, no, please, man. you have never bought a, well, you have never bought a football in your life. Thirty five, probably. Um, hey, you know, watch where you're playing. Go down the street in front of some neighbors' houses that appreciate kids playing sports. That's all. That's all. Um, what would happen if, if, if uh, this this gal? What was her name? Ms. Uh, somebody. Jester. Ms. Jester. Ms. Jester. Jester decided that she didn't want to go to court to the uh, small claims court that you suggest. Well, she was given an opportunity to, uh, to to negotiate with these police officers. I mean, they came in, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 there was her chance to have her little say or whatever. She yeah. decided she didn't want her say. She said, I'm not giving it back. Those damn kids, they leave balls in my yard. I've told them once, I've told them a thousand times. Hey, Screw it. You leave balls in the yard of the uh, the angry old lady, they're going to get confiscated, and that's what happened. Apparently, I think the, the angry there. old lady's going to get handcuffed. I think it should have been left there, and, uh, you know, what did it cost to have that old lady handcuffed, taken down to the station, and processed? How about that? What's it, What did that cost the taxpayers? I, don't I bet think you it was more than 35 bucks. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We were talking about, a few moments ago, this story about this 88-year-old woman who was arrested because she took a ball that was left in her front yard. And she's apparently had issues with one of the neighbors and their kids, one of them who is um, is a teenager, and she's made it, I would think, pretty clear in the past that she doesn't appreciate their balls being thrown in her yard, and she has taken them in the past. So the kids should have known better, but for whatever reason, they let another ball go in her yard and left it there long enough for her 88-year-old self to hobble on out there and pick it up. Right. Chances are good she didn't go out with her with a shotgun and uh, <laughs> you know, guard the ball. You get anywhere near yeah. that ball, I'll shoot you. And you asked a question, and I didn't really have an answer for you, Mark, but I did have a chance to sort of ruminate on it uh, there during the break. Yeah, I've got, I've got some ruminations, too. I, I, uh, you had, well, I had suggested, well, you said, well, what, they should, what should have happened besides this woman being arrested? Because I objected to the fact that this 88-year-old woman was arrested over this issue of a, whatever it was. I don't even know if it was a football or baseball or whatever it was. It was a football that he bought football? with his own money, as I recall. Okay. Uh, the football was in her yard. I think that was a little excessive. You said, well, what should have happened instead? I said, well, maybe they could have taken her to small claims court. And my answer was predicated on you know, the fact that, well, what could she do in the current system? Let's take her to small claims court, right? And then, well, what if she doesn't want to go is your next question. I didn't really have an answer for you because, well, in the, the current system that we have, someone's probably going to get thrown you know, the cops are going to show up and they're going to throw you in the back of a car and they're going to take you somewhere. 
But what about if it was in a free market situation? Uh, what if there was no government courts to speak up? What if we were just dealing with uh, professional arbitrators instead? How would that situation have played out differently if the you know the woman that oh, that the neighbor the, the the mother of the teenager wanted to take this lady to arbitration over this football i mean hopefully they would just be able to work it out between neighbors i think that would be the most sensible thing oh i agree just work it out between neighbors but if for whatever reason she decided that a 35 dollar football was worth taking it to arbitration then it would really be up to the arbitrators uh, to decide. I mean, what would happen if, if this woman said, screw you, I'm still not going? You'd agree that the football belongs to the teenager. Would you agree, with that, agree to that? I would agree with you that it belonged to the teenager until he surrendered it by leaving it in on the property of somebody else. I would have to see what that scenario um, looks like. I, you know, to, to, I to believe be, to he be surrendered able, it. To be able to agree um, to it. How long does one have to leave a football Lying on the ground on one street in within a hundred feet of one's house I would before it's surrendered. S- I would say, uh, and <clears throat> I would say until you're done with the, or if, if you're done with the game and you leave the the ball there and you go inside and you don't come back out for it, you've surrendered it. What if you go inside and get yourself some lemonade? <laughs> See this. This, this uh, I, I'm just saying. Look, if, if you've it, got an ornery you old lady, you say it's her property and she has the rights to it. I say it's his property and he has the rights to it. So there's. This is where the arbitration comes in. This is where this the arbitrators would come in. And if the old lady didn't want to show up at arbitration, she could have a reputation ding as a result of that. Of course, she might not care. She's 88 years old, possibly going to die. Maybe she doesn't care about what her reputation ends up uh, being. Or maybe the arbitrator in that case will just say, "Are you kidding me?" You know, you guys couldn't work this out as neighbors. I'm not going to hear this. You know, I'm not going to hear this case. Well, um, here's one thing. One thing that I remembered during the break that uh, uh, I had forgotten while we were talking is that the video was taken by some people that supported Ms. Fletcher there, right? The old lady. Right. So, Which I didn't see any of the video anywhere. So. There are people out there that support this old woman's uh, position. There which are. says to me, um, on the street, actually, there are people on the street, so that they've, they've got feet on the ground, eyes, eyes on what's going on uh, as to what's happening. Now, I think that it's possible that you're dealing with a, a trashy family whose kids run amok and uh, do whatever amok. the hell they want. And I've lived on a street with a family that, uh, that, that had uh, their dogs that just ran all over the place and mm. pooped wherever they want, which it doesn't bother me. I don't care. Until um, you step in it. It didn't bother me then. That's I mean, good. I, I didn't say I didn't ever happen to step in it. I guess is is uh, how it goes. But I did rent my property to some people who didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So then what? Well, they don't want the dogs running all over the place. They got a dog. It stirs their dog up, yeah. and you know it's all kinds of problems. And it it's wrong to just let your dog out the back door and let it run all over the neighborhood. Hey, that dog's in a state of nature at that point. There would be nothing wrong with uh, taking it out. Well, it was great. It was a great dog, as far as I was concerned. I really yeah. enjoyed having that dog around. But sometimes she'd just bark at people, and, and that can be threatening to some sure. people. Sure, sure. So, you know, I I know that you, you've got both scenarios here. I know what it's like to have a, a crappy neighbor who you know runs amok, and I know it's like to have a crappy neighbor who who you don't want uh, who doesn't want anybody anywhere near their property. Yeah, you know, and, get off my lawn. And and none of the neither one of those is fun. So I, I think that the people, you know, the, the people that took the video, the, the fact that there are people there that support Ms. Fletcher or whatever her name mm-hmm. is, um, is, is, speaks better of her. Gives in her some, some cred. Ways. Yeah, it gives, gives her some cred. But she's still probably an ornery old lady. No doubt. It's not like the balls. Have, she didn't claim that the balls had broken any windows or anything like that. Just that so they she didn't I, want them in her lawn. Right. I I I got it. Um, and some people's lawns are really nice. People My lawns, their have, lawns have never Ugh. been nice. I've never had a really really great lawn. I hate lawns. I'm, I I want to go on record. I can't stand them. I think they're annoying. I can't stand grass. 
It seems so unnatural to me. Why do people rake their leaves up? I don't understand this. Uh, do, 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 are there people in the forest? Do people go into the forest and rake leaves up there? No, it's a natural process. Leaves fall from the tree. They decay. They turn into probably food or something like that or dirt or whatever it is that they turn into. They decompose and then more leaves come and they fall. Why do people go out there and do all this stuff? It's some sort of weird suburban competition well, yeah it? it's it's <laughs> modern day grass farming it, it it doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense but it, it what it is it's uh sort of evolved from the you know english but i mean everybody kept gardens uh you know sort of the the culture of the rich people keeping gardens and so you know it, it's it's a status symbol and if you gardens got, are pretty Lawns, on the other hand, if you had are annoying. Ten million dollars sitting in the bank right now. You had more money than you knew what to do with. Mm-hmm. Would you hire somebody to take care of your lawn for a hundred dollars a month? If I had a lawn, hell yeah, I would. Well, you do have you have some portions that are lawn. I mean, you have portions. Yeah, sort of. So this is it's a status symbol. Do you get it? I see what you're saying. So, I, I I get it. It's just annoying to me. Yeah, I think I, grass is irritating. I I agree that I I, I you know I. I don't like it's the way kind it smells. Of, kind of dumb. Yeah. But, uh, but that's because you and I, and in the age groups we are, we can still remember back to what it's like to be sent out and to, to, to have to go to take care of somebody lawn. else's lawn, essentially. <laughs> well, my parents were the ones that sent yeah, But it's somebody else's. My it's parents' not lawn, really yeah. yours. Right. What did you care about the lawn when you were 12? Right. So, um, you know, that's, that's where you're coming from on, on that. All right. We continue with your phone calls. Nick is on the line in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, um... So I'm arguing with my sister all the time about politics, and uh, she's an Obama zombie. And I'm trying to convince her that, you know, of, that he's the same as McCain. She's accusing me of being a Republican, which I'm saying, you know, they're both the same. So we get an argument. No Republican and, would ever say that. No Republican would ever say your you know, Obama is the same as McCain. No, I, What Republican would ever make that claim? Uh, well, if you don't like Obama, then you're a evil Republican. Apparently, but besides the point, what her ammo for me because I say that I'm I'm more of a free market or libertarian, whatever. And uh, so happens my roommate is on food stamps, and I eat his food. So every time <laughs> she comes back at me, that one, like, well, you you think we shouldn't have welfare and all this, but you're sitting there eating his food. Yeah, so, she's uh, got you. Well, no, she doesn't. So, no. Well, essentially, his roommate and he have paid into this system in the form of income tax in the past. So the, the I mean, the fact is, the state is extracting money from you. Use her, use the one, um, the the scenario um, with her, the, where you say, look, if there was a gang member coming around and taking money from everyone, and then he went into the center of town and passed out a few ten dollar bills, would I be wrong to go and get a couple of ten dollar bills from this gang member? Yeah. I, I, Whenever you said that about when you're talking about the kids just going to the park and playing there, it it kind of uh, kind of reminded me of my situation and where you say, you know, I've already paid for it, so rah rah rah. But so happens right now, I kind of I'm trying to get out of paying taxes and try to do everything through cash and trade. And she knows that I'm trying to do this, but yeah. when is it the point where I can stop doing? Where I have like a uh, a moral obligation to Stop using that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'd say if you are uh, if you are not paying into the system, I you should limit your. Uh, your benefits. I mean, if you're taking benefits, you're subservient to the system. So uh, try your best to uh, to 
to not take that stuff. If you're not going to pay the feds, then you shouldn't be taking anything from the feds. And I understand, Mark, that you're saying, well, I've paid in the past. I, I still feel as though there's some sort of culpability there in that if you're taking now, you're taking money from the people that are paying in now in that they didn't bank anything that you paid in the past. They went ahead and they, they spent all that. So your money's no longer there anymore, basically. I don't know that that's yeah. true. I think that uh, I think you should be able to take as much as been taken think, from you in the yeah, past. Yeah, but you can't quantify it. You don't, you didn't, unless you took really good notes about how much you, they took from you. You can get an you. idea. <laughs> if you got more, Nick, well, hang on, hang on. We'll bring it back. Hang on. 800-259-9231. I just don't, I feel like you have a much more morally superior standpoint if you can say, well, I'm not paying in and I'm not taking anything out. I wouldn't disagree with that. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with the very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Again, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. As we're launching here into the second hour of the program, you can, of course, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. And according to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's privacyharbor.com. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free. Otherwise, we'll talk about stuff that's interesting to us. Uh, We go to a story about, actually kind of a follow-up story. About Erwin Schiff. Mark, do you remember who Erwin Schiff is? Taxes? Yes. He wrote a book. Actually, he wrote several books, but his most recent and infamous book is The Federal Mafia, How the Government Illegally Imposes and Unlawfully Collects Income Taxes. As you might recall, the government people banned that book from circulation a couple years back, a few years back, as we talked about on this program. Uh, They said that it could no longer be circulated as it was fraudulent commercial speech. So this is going to be another story, another follow-up on what happened to Mr. Schiff, who is, I believe, currently in prison, if I'm not mistaken, uh, sentenced to 12 years and seven months by a district judge who branded Schiff and his Vegas company Freedom Books as a flim-flam operation that encouraged others to engage in a fraudulent tax evasion scheme. Dawson last month added another 11 months to Schiff's prison term for 15 contempt citations Schiff received while serving as his own lawyer during trial. Schiff has also been ordered to pay more than $4.2 million in restitution. If a man thinks that he's running a flim-flam organization, Mm -hmm. is he going to serve as his own lawyer? 
Uh, I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. Well, um, the question is, is that it, um, it, if a guy no, is knowingly fr- uh, defrauding people, right? Okay. So a flim-flam organization is something that defrauds people. And um, defrauding people is a, is a crime of intent, Okay, mm-hmm. so if I take a dollar from you, uh, you know, if if I take ten dollars from you and uh, tell you that uh, I, I, I'm, you're going to have good luck all day, if I believe that you're going to have good luck all day because I, in fact, can, can imbue luck into you, then it, it's not fraud. However, um, at least not from a legal definition currently. I see. Um, if I don't believe it and I know that I'm just taking ten dollars from you, that's uh, that you know. Legally, that's something entirely different. Right, and, and I don't know Erwin Schiff, but from my understanding of what he's done, I believe that he absolutely believed where he was coming from. I mean, this man was willing to put his own butt on the line to prove his case. Unfortunately, he ended up in a prison cell as a result of it. That seems to be a man of, uh, of some principle, a man who's willing to, to put his butt where his mouth is, uh-huh. essentially. And so he's now sitting in a prison cell as a result of it. But what is going on with Irwin Schiff? Well, we already knew that he was in jail, and we also know that Irwin is also another octogenarian. This man is 80 years old. Uh, Probably prison, not the best place for somebody up in their years like that. But the government people uh, don't care about that sort of thing. So here's the latest. According to the Associated Press, a federal judge has permanently barred convicted tax rebel and author Erwin Schiff and his co-defendant from preparing tax returns and marketing products advising people that no law requires Americans to pay federal income taxes. So essentially, Erwin Schiff has been prevented, has been banned from speaking in America. Well... I, I guess he's 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 been told not to commit a crime again. Um, and obviously, when the laws are on the books, it's a crime in the uh, you know in the first place. I mean, basically, they've it's, already said that they've already said you're not allowed to do this. Federal officials said the permanent injunction by Senior District Court Judge Lloyd George in Vegas ensures that Schiff and his former business partner Cynthia Noon cannot promote tax fraud schemes from within prison or when they are released. The IRS and Justice Department have strong civil and criminal enforcement tools available to stop tax defiers who promote fraudulent schemes, said the Justice Department's lawyer. In a statement following the order, the filing made permanent a restraining order and preliminary injunction first imposed back in 2003. Uh, A lawyer who represented Schiff at the sentencing said Schiff is no longer his client. Another lawyer who represented Noon said he was not involved in the government's move to seek a permanent injunction, couldn't comment. So uh, Noon is uh, set to be released in 2010 after a five-year and eight-month-long sentence. And uh, Schiff wrote several books, including The Federal Mafia, How the Government Illegally Imposes and Unlawfully Collects Income Taxes. So this man has been prevented from speaking. He has, the, this court has told this man, you may not speak about this particular issue. You cannot talk about this to people. You cannot market your books that you've written. You cannot sell your book that you have written. This is an outrageous assault on free speech, and people should be very upset about this. But... Very few people are even going to notice this particular case. It's sad. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, it seems like basically what the judge is saying is, look, you're wrong, Mr. Schiff. You do have to pay taxes. The law says so. I say so. And quit lying to people. That's what he's saying. Well, Mr. Schiff is saying you're the one that's lying to people. You're the one that's covering up the truth. He lost in court. It's their court, Mark. Of course he's going to lose. Look, look, it's their damn law that says that you've got to pay. 
The law doesn't say I have to pay, and I don't care if it does say I have to pay right. because it's not my law. I, it's their law. I would I would concur with you that you have a strong moral standpoint from saying that, look, there's no way that you can uh, compel me for, um, to to pay your taxes. Schiff it, may not be saying that. He may be taking a position. He's saying, yeah, he's saying that, uh, you know, the, 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 the 13th Amendment wasn't ratified and all that that other stuff. And But but what you're saying, Mark, is you, you sound like you're backing up the government in that they're essentially cracking down on this man for having a different belief system. He has read their laws and he has interpreted it differently from how their judges would interpret those laws. You're saying it's okay for them to tell him, sorry, buddy, you can't go out and tell people these things. You can't go out and speak what you believe to be the truth. We've told you that we disagree with you, but that's not good enough. Now we're going to threaten you and possibly throw you in a jail cell for even longer if you go and you tell people about your ideas and your beliefs as, as erroneous as they might possibly be. Shouldn't somebody who's who's crazy and nutty and, and wrong about something be able to go out and tell others how uh, whatever it is that he believes? I'm just saying that it's not that amazing of a thing. He's been found guilty by a court. I'm not saying it's right. It's pretty amazing in a, in a country that purports to be free where you supposedly have the freedom of speech. I think it's pretty damned amazing where you supposedly have the freedom of the press, the f- freedom to write down stuff, whether or not it's true. Do you think that, uh, do you think that people that uh, would be following Mr. Schiff's lead um, into jail are wise? I think that you you should be free to follow whomever it is you want to follow. If people want to go and listen to some uh, church preacher tell them stories about some fantasy thing, they're welcome to do that. They're welcome to give over money to people that are just making crap up. You know, give 10% of your income to some guy who's telling you uh, fantasy stories. That's not illegal. That's okay. That's not fraud, apparently. But when it comes to the government fantasy, one person, Erwin Schiff, has a different interpretation of what the government people believe. He believes differently, and now he's being prevented by the threat of violence from telling other people what he thinks. I think that's pretty damned outrageous. I I guess I'm not terribly outraged by it. I think it's wrong. I think that he should be able to say whatever he wants. You should be able to buy... uh, you know, buy whatever you whatever somebody's selling, and if you're buying them from a madman, then you're a fool. I, as far as I'm concerned, if you're buying a, uh, a you know a book on how to evade you know how the the federal tax system is wrong and how to avoid having to pay taxes from a man who's in prison for tax evasion, uh, is you're a fool. You're a damn fool. <laughs> Right, but people should be free to make their uh, you know pre- free to make mistakes. Erwin Schiff's book uh, is out there. <laughs> they couldn't recall the book. It's all over the place. I had a copy of it. I gave it away, actually, because I've, I've sort of moved beyond that uh, that particular viewpoint that the government is legitimate and we just need to figure out how to work their system. I don't agree with the system at all nowadays. Uh, but nonetheless, there are a whole bunch of his copies of his book out there, and somebody could uh, could pick that up, purchase it at a used bookstore, and Erwin Schiff would not be responsible for the decisions those people made. They may be foolish for following the advice, but it's not his responsibility that they chose to follow his advice. Each individual chooses for themselves what advice to take and how to act on it. And if they want to make those choices, then they will they will suffer whatever the consequences are. To, to threaten this man uh, because he wants to go out and promote his ideas is absolutely anti-American, and it's pretty outrageous. We'd love your thoughts here at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plus, we'll check in overseas with the U.K. As you know, things over there... Not so great. I mean, it's bad here in the U.S., but it's getting worse at a much faster clip in the U.K., and we'll share with you some of the latest news from there and take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, so enjoy those on us. And those features, by the way, include the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts. There's an awful lot to talk about. From serious issues to fun stuff, you will find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. A new online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and pulls is open for business. Funknobs.com is catered towards customers looking to give uh, a playroom, the kids' room, the bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. Toll-free customer service is also available at one 877 820 It's funknobs.com. It's the creation of a parent company, internobs.com. And they've been online since 2004. I'll tell you, I've uh, done business with internobs.com, and they are good folks. All right, 800-259-9231. Coming up here, we've got some breaking news about the civil disobedience situation here in Keene. But first, we're going to go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Ryan is on the line in California. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Uh, So I just saw a new uh, Barack Obama commercial on YouTube, a little short ad, and it's about the income tax. Okay. And I just... It's, I just had to vent my anger at what I saw. I saw Barack Obama, you know, with his new, quote, tax cut plan. Mm-hmm. He's saying he's going to give you more of your money back less than McCain. And basically it's it's this guy, the ad is this guy going on the computer, and then Barack Obama has a tax cut calculator. So you enter in your income, and they tell you how much money you get to keep, you know. <laughs> right. So, now, that's his proposal uh, that, that he's putting out there. It doesn't necessarily mean that's going to to play out exactly so so these criminals first of all they're, they're probably lying about how much money they're going to give you back and mm-hmm. it's the whole political thing is just frustrating i mean there there really is the gang of criminals is just saying we'll give you this money this much money back if you vote for us yep or we're yep. still going to steal your money that's pretty much how it works right you just promise the people a bunch of uh, freebies and you get them to support you and then you go and you do whatever it is that you want uh, when you get elected yeah so i mean the cost the whole concept of democracy has basically failed. I mean, we try to prevent the voters from uh, the politicians from paying the voters, and now we have uh, the vote, the politicians just bribing them with taxes. I mean, well, democracy is always a failure for the minority. Well, I think <laughs> everybody that, who's in the minority has failed. I think you could see a, a superior form of democracy if you just didn't have this zero-sum voting system that we had. Now, look, I'm only talking I about. I don't think so. I'm, I'm only talking about tweaking d- d- a bad system to make it better. Um, but if if you had, for instance, the uh, instant runoff voting is what's they, what they call it, essentially where you uh, all the candidates you rank them from one to. I don't know. Instead 10. of plurality voting or whatever it's called, the current the, where the the person who gets the most votes wins, it would be I, more of like a I don't know what it's representation. Called. Is that what you're getting at? I, I don't know what it's called. Um, however, you would likely see the the you know somebody who's more indicative of what everybody wants. Oh yeah, I see where you mean. Where you don't have to just pick one. Where you can pick uh, multiple candidates and rank them based on your preferences. Sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that would be a slightly better change. But you know, again, we're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic here. Go ahead. How, how do they go about? How does the government go about enforcing a ban on speech on Irwin Schiff? Do they just tape his mouth shut like a dog? Well, uh, pr- presumably he cannot market. According to what I've or what I've read, he cannot market his materials. He can't, you know, have a website selling his book. He can't go out and give speeches about his ideas. 
And presumably, if somebody found out that Erwin Schiff was doing such things, right now he's in a prison cell, so they pretty much control everything he does. But once he gets out, uh, if somebody found out that he was doing those things, they could snitch him out to the government people, presuming they weren't paying attention to him, and they could come probably arrest him again and throw him in a, a prison cell again. Pretty outrageous, huh? Yes, so nice overlord. Yeah, it's great to live in a free country, isn't it? Thanks, right, Ryan. We call, guys. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. We continue with David in New York. David, you are on Free Talk Live. Evening. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? To continue with the Irwin Schiff theme, in the movie America from Freedom to Fascism, the judge was quoted as, um, saying, I will not allow the law in my court when <clears throat> excuse me, Irwin <laughs> Schiff was trying to defend himself. Yeah, judges so, have said all kinds of uh, you know judges have said a, a number of outrageous things over the years, and sometimes you get you get you get to call them on it, but most of the time they just blow right by, and nobody ever pays any attention. Poor old Irwin Schiff. How many people even know who he is and the, the exactly. things that he's gone through? I think his information is really compelling, and he frames it from the very beginning as you will get hurt potentially if you follow this. I mean, he says it's the mob. That's they good. hurt people. That's what they do. So anybody who ignores that is making that willful choice because he he explains it 100%. That's good. I was not aware of that. I, I wasn't aware of that either. Yeah, I hadn't actually ever read the book. I bought it, but I never actually read it. Well, I haven't read the book, but I watched his movie, and it says it right in the beginning and fine print, and he mentions it several times throughout the movie. It's like, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple hours of him going through a tabulated IRS code to show you how income tax is framed completely different than every other federal tax and how it is 100% voluntary. And if you watch Secrets to Living and Income Tax-Free Life on Google Video, you'll see it plain as day. Now, doesn't that seem like uh, dichotomous or uh, hypocritical in the sense that he says they'll put you in jail, but it's voluntary? Well, it's uh, it's a... Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's a hard thing to explain, really, I mean, how they can get away with doing that sort of thing. But the way it's written, for whatever reason, in their legalese, the way it's framed in their document, it is completely voluntary and doesn't even have proper um, punishments. There's no prearranged punishment, and uh, there's no exact um, way to measure it. They can just kind of do it at will and charge you whatever they want. If you... I, I can't properly explain it. No, yeah, the I'm whole thing. I mean, how could you? I mean, there's, anything, it's but... so complicated. The government's tax code is incredibly complex. Definitely. It's so lengthy. And then, of course, once you, if you were to want to go and look at it, you always have to remember that you're dealing in legalese, and so every word that you're reading actually could mean something different from its common exactly. English definition. And I'm sure that people like Irwin Schiff or uh, some of the other uh, tax freedom people that over the years have, have ended up spending time in jail have looked into this, and they've done their determination and they've looked at the definitions and they've done their best to break it down. And they may have indeed found out that if you dig into the code far enough and you get all the, the definitions correct, that it does turn out to be a, uh, a voluntary thing. It's not even that thing. complicated. It's, it's not even that complicated. It's way more visible than that. I mean, if you have it tabulated the way he does, where he's already done the research to find all the proper articles, and then when he compares them, I mean, it, I can't per personally articulate it to you because it takes like a good half hour of him showing it to you, but if you watch that video, it, it is so plain as day. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's just the fact that people are making too much money off of it. 
as far as uh, accountants and well, uh, tax lawyers and IRS sure, lawyers. Sure, sure. Well, and, and the dichotomy that Mark is pointing out goes back to what I was mm-hmm. talking about earlier. Is this a government by the consent of the governed? Well, by their text, it is. By the, you know, the text in the New Hampshire Constitution, it says it's by the consent of the governed. So by the text, it may be a voluntary tax. But in <laughs> but reality, by their actions, they'll throw people in cages over it. So well, obviously well, it's mean, not George voluntary. George Washington marched into Pennsylvania to, for the liquor tax, right? I mean, right after... We got our independence. It started right then. Yeah, and it will never end. It, it wasn't will, shortly after, yeah, the Whiskey Rebellion. And to. it will never let up as long as there was another keep one called Shays Rebellion in uh, Connecticut uh, in that same time frame. Thanks, David, for the call. Good hearing from sure. you. Appreciate it. 800 259 9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, yeah, they're never going to stop until people stop obeying. They're just going to keep piling the regulations on. More on the way. You can take control. More regulations, more taxes, more obedience. Haven't you had enough yet? Where's your line in the sand? It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. If you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And those features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com, get interactive, and you can edit virtually anything that you see there. That's W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Also, join us for the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. It's coming up first weekend in March. And you're going to want to be there because there's going to be all kinds of great stuff going on. It's it's like a, a liberty convention to the max. Uh, it's a lot of fun. There are hundreds of people that come in, uh, that get together, network, socialize, have a good time with one another. And they also, of course, attend various different uh, functions during the daytime, including things like uh, the panel discussions, uh, speeches, it's just a wonderful opportunity to meet some really great activists. I mean, these are the people, many of them have already moved into New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, which, of course, we talk to you a lot about on this program. The idea is to move as many liberty-loving activists all together into the same place. And a lot of the people have already moved here. They're going to be at the Liberty Forum. A number of people are considering moving here. They're coming. And, of course, there are liberty-oriented luminaries that will be speaking. People like Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land, Will Buchanan from The Walk for Liberty, John Taylor Gatto, David Berglund, Matt Simon and more. You can go and get signed up at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum and Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live the entire weekend. So looking forward to meeting you if you're going to be there. And you should be there because you can get a a 10% 10 discount by using the discount code 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. So we will see you there. As we continue with your phone calls here, we go to Andrew in New Hampshire. Andrew, you go into the Liberty Forum? Andrew, New Hampshire. Hello. Uh, hello. Hey, are you going to the Liberty Forum this uh, coming up in 2000? Uh, I certainly plan on it. Yeah. Excellent. What's on your mind tonight, Andrew? I wanted to call in regards to the uh, Mr. Schiff thing that was uh, going on. Okay. Sure. Erwin Schiff um, uh, was, being was, threatened. Was he, was he arrested for exactly? What was the exact charge? Oh, you know you what? Know? I, I don't have He's that. He's been in, in jail quite some time. He's I can been in tell jail you. for a number of years. It was something about commercial speech, uh, tax evasion. They were claiming that you know he was telling lies about taxes in his book. 
Uh, they they don't like him very much at all. He's been writing uh, anti. Uh, he's been writing tax freedom books for years, and they've been after yeah, yeah. him for a long time. Yeah, because uh, well, just that um, when the judge said flim flam, um, you know, as part of his decision, apparently, or at least using his judicial authority, those are the words he used. I mean, as Mark was saying, that implies intent. You know, that implies that he's trying to um, commit fraud. That mm-hmm. he's fraudulently throwing lies around to convince people of something that he knows isn't true. Um, and that's obviously, I mean, it appears to me to be very fallacious because obviously Mr. Schiff does believe what he's saying. I think he does. I mean, he was willing Seems to go clear. to jail over it. Any other thoughts, Andrew? Well, yeah, exactly. So it, doesn't, it didn't really make much sense to me that the judge would claim flim-flam and then that they would arrest him and then censor his book and the whole thing seems very... Well, I mean, it makes sense you know, to me. The, choir, the whole it, thing just seems very authoritarian. Yeah, well, yeah it well, absolutely ironical. is, and that's why it makes sense, because the state is threatened by men like Erwin Schiff, men who are going to go out there and talk about how the government is nothing more than a big gang, uh, and talk about... I mean, the, the title of the book is The Federal Mafia. The, the cover of the book is a man pointing a gun at you with the... Uh, I think it's the, the House of Representatives, the, the, one of their little domes. They've okay. they got lots of dome structures in D.C., but essentially the, the, the dome part of the House of Representatives is the head of the man pointing the gun at you. I mean, it's it's clearly a very anti-state kind of yeah. book, and they don't like that sort of thing. It's a threat. It's a threat to their legitimacy, and so they'll take whatever action they possibly can to suppress that information. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that, that's the whole thing's very ridiculous. And then also, um, someone suggested I call in and say this, but in regards to I was listening to your show last night too, and someone mentioned how I think his girlfriend said, you know, the weather was too cold. I just don't want to move to New Hampshire. It's too, too freezing. Well, yes, the most common I objection in California. Think. So it's summer year round all there. So, and I just moved here two months ago, and I came up with a little with a little saying: instead of live free or die, the the, the saying or the quote, the motto for anyone who doesn't want to move here should just be live free or warm. Basically. There you go. Thanks, Andrew, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Good to hear from another person coming from a warm climate who's making it here in New Hampshire. It's possible, people. We have heat. We've got heated cars and heated homes and offices. It's great. I suppose, heat is great. I suppose you have to, you know, <laughs> you have to be concerned about liberty to some extent to be willing to put up with the cold. And because the way I see it is, I, I think every time I think about the cold issue, and believe me, I do. It, it, it there's, you know, it keeps cold here. Um, you know, I think about those guys at Valley Forge who were sitting yeah. out there with rags on their feet dying you know, for it's, our liberty. Yeah. And then the fact that I have to, you know, maybe I had to scrape <laughs> some uh, some uh, ice off the car. Right, because windshield. I have to try to hold something with my down gloves means it's it's not worth living here. I mean, that's one of the – when it's cold out, that the only thing that's really bad about that is you have to spend a little bit of extra time getting ready to go outside. Uh, that you might be a little bit uh, – less able, a little less dexterous, a little less able to hold on to things or manipulate things if you've got uh, gloves on, for instance. I mean, th- these are the kind of inconveniences you're talking about dealing with here. It shows how fat and lazy America is. Yeah, you know, it really does. Uh, and so, I mean, as far as keeping warm, that's not hard to do. Uh, down is the secret. If you are somebody that gets cold easily, I paid 80 bucks and got these down mittens that... I, my hands get so hot, it's unbelievable in those things. And I get cold easily. So uh, it's totally possible. You don't to stay have warm. any body fat to keep you warm. No, it, it's totally possible to stay warm up here. That is not, uh, you know, it's not a valid objection. Staying, staying somewhere for your family, for some sort of obligation that you have, those are valid objections. 
Uh, but because it's cold, well, unless you've got some sort of medical condition that prevents you from being in cold, just because you don't like the cold, eh, I don't know. Cry me a river. Yeah. I suppose that's. I, I do believe that some people are more cold sensitive, sensitive than others, and uh, there are people that are just going to be in in misery constantly. Yeah. Um, one of them might be my wife. You know, I, I, misery might be pushing it. She's she's. But you know, she complains about the cold. She doesn't like it. She moved down to Florida for a reason from Chicago. But you know, no colder than Chicago. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one might even be a little warmer here than in Chicago. I'm not sure about that. Um, I checked on it. It's pretty much the same. Really? Okay. Anyway, you can bring up anything. According to Wikipedia, we go to the amp line, and I'm thinking it's Gene in Tennessee, but it might not be. Who's this? It is the Christian Anarchist. Okay, Gene, what's on your mind tonight? Well, first of all, I lived four years in Fairbanks, Alaska. It's one of the funnest places I ever lived. I could hop out my front door. And hop on my snowmobile and just buzz on around. It was great. Cool. But uh, and and before I get to Irwin Shift, I also was talking to a guy earlier today about uh, this protect and serve idea of the police. How they definitely don't protect and serve. And we were trying to think up a better uh, slogan for the side of their cars. And maybe your listeners can call in with their particular slogans. But if somebody was really uh, engine, you know, uh, a, a go-getter, they could have some stickers made up with the new slogan and paste them over the stickers on the police cars, you know, when they're not <laughs> looking. But you got to be careful doing that. But slogan we came up with, instead of protect and serve, is to rape and pillage. That would be a good one. Um, but, I don't uh, know. That might be a little hyperbolic <laughs> in that uh, they're not actually out there raping very many people. Well, I, I, think don't, you... I don't know. Uh, Irwin Schiff was raped, so uh, I, I was he raped? You know, it's a figurative. It's right, a figurative that's that's rape, a problem. Is that that, uh, that that term evokes such emotion that people are not going to really uh, be able to understand it? Let me give you an example. I was actually at a, a college a protest at the college campus here recently, uh, Keene State College, with some of the activists, and one of the activists had a really incendiary sign that said, "Voting is glorified gang rape," and you know. I, I see where he's coming from in the figurative form. You are hurting people. You're, you, the, 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 the voting is enabling the system that hurts people. So I can understand where he was coming from with that. But when these three young ladies stopped to ask me, hey, what's his sign mean? I had a really tough time explaining it to them. So I think if you go too far down you know, into that realm of uh, hyperbole, you can have a real tough time having people even comprehend what it is you're getting at. And well, I know maybe your callers can call in with a better term or a, or a better slogan. I just but, like uh, adding the know. state to the end of it, to protect well, and serve the state. I don't think people under, even understand that. What's that mean? Uh, Hang on, Gene. The state. I'm, I'm going to bring you back. I know you were calling about Irwin Schiff. We'll get your comments on him here in moments. Also, uh, an update. Breaking news here in Keene, New Hampshire, about what the uh, one of the judges in the area has decided to do in regards to cameras in the courtroom. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do so by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board with the program for as little as 3 bucks a month. 
We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the world or around the country, and bringing more Internet listeners on board with the program. So it's a great way to get Free Talk Live into the ears of new listeners. And you get access to perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board. As we go back to the AMP call-in lines to talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you are back. Yeah, I was calling about uh, Irwin, my my friend Irwin. I call him my friend, although I only met the guy about four or five times and talked to him on the phone several times. But, Irwin uh, Schiff, uh, tax freedom advocate. He has been thrown in a jail cell. He's been there for a few years now as a result of speaking out about uh, his beliefs in regards to taxes, publishing a book about it. Uh, the, the federal government has banned his book from publication and distribution. They have also uh, t- banned him now. This is the latest news. They've banned him from even speaking about his opinions in regards to the federal income tax. Your thoughts, Gene? Well, anyway, it's uh, part of the reason that I'm an anarchist is uh, because of the tax freedom movement. You know, I stopped paying taxes for about 25 years, and I recently started paying again. And part of the reason that I started paying, I know that uh, you recently joined the uh, the non-payers, and I joined the payers. And uh, But the reason that I started paying is because I saw people like uh, Irwin Schiff and, uh, and other tax freedom advocates. There was uh, Larkin Rose, mm-hmm. and they kept... Uh, getting convicted, and I knew that their arguments were sound arguments that they were using, but the government was still, or the uh, the cult members were still locking these guys up in little cells. So it made it clear that we truly do live in anarchy now. We do not live in any kind of a republic. We don't live in a democracy. We live in anarchy. All we have are gangs of men with guns going around doing whatever they want to do. They don't care about what the law says, supposed, the supposed law. And that's the reason that I started paying income tax, because I realized that these men with guns are going to come after me if I become too big of a target. And there was nothing you could say in their courtroom that would help you out. That's correct. And it doesn't matter what kind of an argument you raise. It don't matter how right you are. It don't matter if you're Sister Teresa. They're going to come after you and lock you up and throw away the key if you don't bow down and, and do what they want to do. So I figured the best way to... To solve the problem, at least uh, until the revolution starts, is to just lay low and make yourself the smallest target you can. Yeah, and, uh, I generally agree and, with that tactic. If you are living anywhere else but New Hampshire, lay low uh, until you can get up here and join the uh, – I don't le- like the term revolution because it suggests starting around at the beginning again. But uh, I like the idea of evolution evolving to the next step uh, for mankind, the, the great next step into uh, the truly voluntary society, the consent consensual uh, society. And I think that – have enough people up here that aren't paying together, we could actually see some changes. And Irwin is just a gentle old man. He's a nice mm-hmm. guy. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, and I told him before that him and Larkin should stop arguing about which way is correct and and uh, do a combined frontal attack against the IRS. But they were always arguing with each other. You know, mm. Irwin was saying that Larkin Rose was wrong. And Larkin Rose was saying that Irwin was wrong. And Really, it didn't matter because they both wound up locked up. Yep, they sure did. And I do know that Larkin Rose, I'm on his email list, great email list to be on. Uh, He has really taken the turn towards the voluntarist persuasion, or if you want to use the term definitely, He's definitely become an anarchist. So Um, that's what I like. And he's a Free State Project member. I don't know if you knew that, Gene, but Larkin Rose, Free State Project member. So uh, he should be up here in New Hampshire at some point. When are you moving up here, Gene? 
Well, I told you we have a five-year commitment. When that's up, we're coming. Excellent. We'll see you here, and I thank you for the call tonight. 1-800-259-9231. Since we're talking about courtrooms, let me give you this breaking news update from here in Keene, New Hampshire. You know, if you've been listening to the program over the past couple of months, we've been talking about some of the great success uh, that we've seen because of some civil disobedience uh, here in New Hampshire. One of the examples was where Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com actually sent a letter to Judge Burke, uh, Ed, Edward Burke here in Keene, announcing that he was going to be coming to court in order to film the trial of one Nick Ryder, who is a listener to this program, also a local activist, he does the Ryder Report, kind of like a uh, sim- similar to what Dave Ridley does, but kind of centered in the Keene region. And uh, Nick was going to be on trial for a speeding ticket situation, and Dave wanted to come and videotape the trial. And he had made it clear that he was going to come into the courtroom and pan his camera, whether or not the judge decided to allow or not him right, panning the, the camera. I guess the rule is you can't move the cameras during uh, the court case or something like that? Correct. And the, t- the judge took that to mean that you can't pan the camera back and forth? Whereas- but he changed his interpretation because of what Dave did, because Dave was willing to be arrested uh, he was willing to put it on the line. The judge, right before the trial, said, oh, I've changed my mind on uh, how I was interpreting this. I was interpreting it too strictly. You may have the camera. You may pan the camera. You just can't actually physically move the location of the camera in the courtroom during the trial. Well, he didn't say that he's changed his mind. He said that he had made a mistake. And I He think, reviewed his interpretation or something. Well, like you know, he, he looked he at changed the law his mind. or the rules or whatever it was. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it, he changed his mind. Whether he said he did or not, he changed his mind. And he made it quite clear. And there was also something he changed his mind about but never actually spoke of. And that was that he allowed more than one camera into the courtroom on that particular day and thereafter. Because people went back later when I was there for uh, the the hearing uh, where I had to go in and talk to these people. And they just railroaded me into a a trial. Uh, But there were multiple cameras in court that day. So it wasn't just a one-time allowing multiple cameras into the court. Multiple cameras were allowed multiple times into the court. Well, now, all of a sudden, apparently things are changing and reverting back. And perhaps, Mark, this is the crackdown that you were predicting. This is maybe the beginning of it. Uh, Tom from A Candid World, candid-world.com, he's a filmmaker. He's been, uh, he and his partner, Mark, have been uh, working on a, a documentary about the Free State Project and some of the people that have uh, moved here, and uh, they've been doing a really great job with that. And I guess as a side project, he's taken on the couch issue. So as you also know from this uh, program, I've... Gotten in. The city has decided to aggress against me because my tenants have a couch out in their yard. They've threatened me with uh, with violence, uh, possibly throwing me into a cage, threatened me with uh, stealing my home, and uh, essentially I'm going to be uh, visiting their court next week, provided they don't call the trial off. And this is a trial they're forcing me into. I am not calling for this trial. They're the ones that want this trial. So I was going to go and visit the court, and of course. Our friends here, free staters, liberty activists in the area, were going to come and show up and, Visit and, with su- you. <laughs> and, and support me and, and bring cameras into the court and record this thing. And Tom from A Candid World is coming to do sort of a documentary on the entire couch situation. Mm-hmm. And so one, one of the things that he did was he contacted the, court, uh, the district court here in Keene about you know, being a member of the media and coming and being able to film this trial. Well, he emails me saying that the only snag he tracked is that he tracked down the court clerk, and he says the judge is not allowing cameras in the courtroom, apparently because of previous events. He says, I'm trying to get an exception as a member of the press, but I'm not sure how far it will get me. 
And I wrote him back and I said, oh, that guy's BSing you because you're from out of town because Tom is from New York. And so I figured, well, he called saying he was a member of the media. They figured he didn't know any better. And so they figured they'd try to tell him, no, you can't bring your camera. That was sort of what I was thinking was going on. And so I said, well, he's just BSing you. We've been able to bring multiple recording devices in there. And he wrote back and he says, he's not BSing. I'm very aware that cameras were allowed, and I told the clerk as much. I tried to sound aware but objective. He basically told me that the no camera rule is because, and this is a quote, he puts this in quotes, there's a group of people trying to make an issue out of having a right to film in the court. And that they're revoking it because another How awful. Yeah, and, I mean, imagine in America, people want to be able to, you know, videotape what goes on in a courtroom. They yeah. want a transparent judicial system. My God, these people and their hubris. The, uh, this is another quote from the clerk. The judge has been very lenient up until now, and it's been abused. Abused? People bringing cameras and recording devices into the court is abusing the court? So apparently now, one week before the trial they've scheduled for me, they've decided to ban all recording devices from the courtroom. Now, Nick Ryder is saying he's getting sick of these rules being different every time he goes. He says he's about ready to walk up to their security, get wanded, and tell them he's going to set up in the usual place despite what they say. There's no reason that things have to be checked on every time I get there. Um, and I have it's, uh, since forwarded this news to Dave Ridley, who was the original man that got all this changed for us by willing to be, uh, be willing to be arrested for panning his camera in the court. I figure Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com is going to want to know about this judge go ahead, going ahead and just changing the rules back to being more oppressive than they ever were in the past. I suspect he is. So we will see what develops in uh, out of this. We've got less than a week, actually. The 29th is when they want me there for their trial. If I show up and they aren't allowing cameras into that court, I'm walking out. I'm not going in without cameras in that court. At least one camera. Preferably multiple, because he was allowing multiple cameras, and multiple should be allowed. You should have a trial view by the public. This November, support the real libertarian. Support George Phillies for president. George wants Uncle Sam out of your wallet, bedroom, and gun locker. This November, send Henry Paulson and those congressional bailout crooks a message. Vote Libertarian. In New Hampshire, vote Phillies for President. Donate at ChooseGeorge.org. That's ChooseGeorge.org. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Com is the place to go. Uh, 800-259-9231. We go across the pond. Actually, first we go to Florida and talk to Paula. Your calls are primary here. It's the show about your calls. Paula, you're on Free Talk Hi, Live. guys. Hello. Um, I just want to let you know, my son called me early today. He's out on the road. He's a trucker. Anyway, he said it's mm-hmm. been announced that Obama's going to have to make a withdrawal speech. It's been proved that he's not a citizen. I don't know where he gets his news from, Paula. Uh, I mean, it was announced. I mean, uh, announced uh, where? Was that? I mean, everybody heard it. I listened to NPR today. Yeah. The news, people, the news people are getting all their stuff together on this. It says going to be announced. Okay. I'm looking here at the Drudge Report, and normally things that are announced like that would be right there at the top of the page. And no, it's it's not there. I mean, if this was actually news, usually yeah, news he, like he that shows out, up he's on the, road, on the, anyway, uh, on the Internet. The truckers heard it, and he called me as soon as he heard well, it. Well, you know, just because you hear something on Channel 19 doesn't no, mean it's true. No, it says it's going to be announced. 
Right, just because just because Rubber Duck uh, got on his uh, CB mic and announced it doesn't mean that there's any legitimacy to it. Paula, if if, if Obama, his grandmother finally announced it, said that she was there at his birth in Kenya. Right. Well, just because I say, you know, say there's a seat cover on the side of the road, Ian. uh, I just thought I'd just let you know what what was announced this afternoon because he called me as soon as he heard it. Paula, it's going to be announced on the news. If 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 Obama does in fact withdraw, what do you think is going to result as far as the election goes? God only knows. I mean, do you think that um, it's just a it's just a shoe in for the uh, the old red faced crazy guy, or um, well, wouldn't Biden think, then be the presidential candidate? I don't, I don't think so. Point? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're not going to be able to change Two old fa- old red faced crazy guys. It's actually an interesting question that you bring up, Mark, because at this point in the election, if if Obama had to bow out, then they wouldn't be able to change the ballots because the state government people can't do work that fast. They can't just go and change the hundreds of thousands of millions of ballots that have already been printed out. So come November 4th or whenever the election is, people are going to go in and they're going to still be able to check off Obama-Biden. And if that's what wins, then Biden will be the president, right? So really, what does it even matter? This is just, I mean, even if it's true what you say, it really isn't going to have any effect on whether or not the government grows next year. The government's going to get bigger, more intrusive, and more oppressive than ever. I, I would suggest now. Where, who was this? Was this your husband or your brother? I'm brother, sorry, uh, son. Paula, did you fall asleep? Still there? Yeah. Well, you said this was your son, and he's yeah, a professional. Yeah, my son called me as soon as they heard it, and he, he let me know. And he heard it he on the CB radio. Did he hear it huh? on the CB radio? You said it was truckers they, that were talking about it. They heard it somewhere. He said all the truckers heard it. Right. So he called me as soon as he heard it. Yeah. Well, now, truckers are pretty cool guys generally. I mean, professional drivers, they're great guys. We need them out there on the road. But uh, And a lot of them are really wired. A lot of them have satellite uh, internet in their uh, vehicles or cell phone internet. So truckers are really technologically advanced. Um, but there's still some of them out there that probably just don't have very good information, or maybe they're just passing, allow- uh, passing around bad info. Maybe they're just messing with your, uh, your son's head. Because no, well, I see I mean, no legitimacy to that claim. I, I mean, I, I see nothing here on the internet. No, they said they're getting the stuff together and it's going to be announced. Okay, when's that going to happen? I thought you said it was already announced. They said they were getting stuff together and said they would be announced later. All right, I guess we'll wait and see if it happens. Thanks, Paula. Okay, Looking son. forward to it. See if her, her prediction comes true there. Now, when the, when the truckers get on the CB and they talk about how there's a uh, Smokey and a Brown wrapper, you know, coming up on mile marker 220, you better listen. Oh, yeah. Because they're telling you the truth, probably telling you the truth. If not, it doesn't hurt to be, be cautious around whatever that mile marker was. But as far as just something you hear through the, the grapevine, I don't know if that's worth calling a radio show to say, it's going to happen. Because well, the, the, then you're just going to look bad when it doesn't. The gentleman who uh, is giving, assuming that it's male, um, is giving out the information over uh, the CB radio there. His profession isn't uh, journalist or you yeah. know newsman. So if he's mistaken, he doesn't take a uh, hit in reputation. But Paula is going to take a hit in reputation. I mean, what are people going to think if it turns out that... Mr. Obama does not have to withdraw from the race. Well, that everything's normal. <laughs> you mean Paula doesn't have a very good reputation? Well, she, she she has a reputation for being darn entertaining. Yes, that much is true. Normally when Paula actually calls in, she does have a, a just a smidgen of truth. There's usually some sort of a, a grain of truth hidden within whatever it is that she is happens to be espousing that particular evening. But it's usually not even worth digging for whatever the truth might happen to be. <laughs> We go across the pond to the UK, where if you've been paying attention to what's been going on in the UK as compared to what's been happening here in America, 
are in the so-called United States, you know that the UK is a few legs down the path of the totalitarian police state, just a, just a little further down than the government here in, uh, in the U.S. And here's yet another example of how far they've gone. According to the Times Online, actually, I've got two examples. We'll start with this one. Passports are now going to be needed for making a purchase. Go ahead, Mark, take a crack. What do you think people are going to need passports to purchase? In the U.K.? Yeah. Um, tickets to another country? No. Nope. Um, fish and chips. Might as well be that. Uh, mobile phones. Everyone who buys a mobile telephone will be forced to register their identity or on a national database under government plans to extend massively the powers of state surveillance. Idiocy. Um, the fact is, they've got eBay over in Great Britain, and people are going to be buying and selling these track phones over eBay. I understand that you're going to have it at uh, you know, Walgreens or whatever their uh, version of Walgreens is over there, that they're going to have to, if they have track phones there, they're well, going to have to register. Minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. I mean, you have to activate that phone at some point, right? Yeah. So isn't track phone, if they do exist over there, going to be required by the state to verify the passport identity of the person who's activating the phone? I don't know enough about it, but I imagine there's going to be some way to have to be... There'll be know, a workaround. There's always a workaround. There's always a workaround. But for the just, average it, person... The, 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 the workaround just popped to me, and maybe I'm wrong. Right. But, but uh, You're right, though. There's always some sort of technological workaround, whether it's you, you, know, you have to hack into the phone or however far you have to go, whatever hoops you have to jump through. There will be some sort of way to get a phone without them knowing who you are. But your average person is not going to be interested in acquiring that workaround. Or if they are interested in it, when they find out what the workaround is, they'll be dissuaded from uh, working around because it might be too complex uh, for what their level of expertise might happen to be with a cell phone. So for most people in the UK, this is going to be quite an inconvenience. Phone buyers would have to present a passport or other official form of identification at the point of purchase. Privacy campaigners fear it marks the latest government move to create a surveillance society. Remember, this is the same country where there are, was it millions of CCTV cameras around? There are so many cameras in London and all around Great Britain. It's insane. And the police surveillance state continues to expand as a compulsory national register for the owners of all 72 million mobile phones in Britain would be part of a much bigger database to combat terrorism and crime. Whitehall officials have raised the idea of a register containing the names and addresses of everyone who buys a phone in recent talks with Vodafone and other telephone companies. The move is targeted at monitoring the owners of Britain's estimated 40 million prepaid mobile phones that can be purchased with cash by customers who do not wish to give their names, addresses, or credit card details. The pay-as-you-go phones are popular with criminals and terrorists because their anonymity shields their activities from the authorities. But they are also being used by thousands of law-abiding citizens who wish to communicate in private. The move aims to close a loophole in plans being drawn up by GCHQ, the government's eavesdropping center, to create a huge database to monitor and store the Internet browsing habits, email, and telephone records of everyone in Britain. Did you hear that? It's nuts. They want to monitor... Internet browsing habits, email, and telephone records of everybody in Britain. Of course. This is what they're working towards. So this is just one of, uh, 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 this is one little portion of a grand scheme that they have to ensure that every device that you have, every electronic device that you own is sufficiently monitored by the British government. The Big Brother database would have limited value to police if it didn't store details of the ownership of more than half the mobile phones in the country. 
So essentially they were designing this massive surveillance system and they said, hey guys, we've got all these prepaid phones out there. What are we going to do about those? Well, we'll just make sure that everybody has to show a government-approved identification in order to purchase them. Mm. And, of course, if, if you have to show government-approved identification, that means it will become illegal for the store clerks to sell you a phone without seeing your government-approved identification. So we're probably going to see sting operations being run on the people selling mobile phones soon. 1-800-259-9231. How long before this comes over here? Because that's what happens. These uh, bad government ideas tend to spread from government to government. And if they get away with this one, and there's no reason why they won't get away with it, because the companies, the corporations, will be their enforcers. It'll move on. It'll spread. Just wait. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and they include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well as a webcam. Head on over to listen.freetalklive.com and see and hear it all for free. That's listen. .freetalklive.com. And coming up this weekend on Sunday, the 26th, from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m., if you're in the New England area, stop on into Keene, New Hampshire, for the Keene Freedom Fest, Railroad Square in Keene. There'll be all kinds of different organizations from across the state of New Hampshire gathered there to promote liberty. And how many ways do you think there are to increase the amount of freedom you experience every day? There are more than you think. Come to the Keene Freedom Fest this weekend on Sunday, uh, the same weekend as the Keene's famous Pumpkin Festival, and you can learn how you can make your life and your love one's lives more enjoyable, more productive, more rewarding, and more free. You can learn more at KeenFreedomFest.com. And if you can't make it this time, there'll be more Keen Freedom Fests in the future. So KeenFreedomFest.com for the latest info. You know, you've never seen anything like this uh, pumpkin fest that goes on in Keen. It's tremendous, the amount of pumpkins. What, 100,000 pumpkins they had one time? Uh, you know, they get pretty close to that. I don't know. I don't. I couldn't even tell you how many uh, jack-o'-lanterns they, they have there, but it's... Uh, it, it's it's really something. That's to see. the day before. That's on Saturday. Well, you can come so see both. You can do both. Absolutely. And, you know, they also have this. Uh, my favorite part uh, last year was the uh, the baby parade. Everybody uh, dresses up their children. You know, small children and babies in uh, costumes and oh, takes Jack's them down. got a costume now. Yeah, right? Jack's got a, a little Captain America outfit that he's going to be wearing for the baby parade. So we'll be in uh, Pumpkin Fest and uh, uh, Freedom Fest. So we continued the uh, discussion here about what's going on over in the UK. Why you ask? When, why are you talking about the UK? when the majority of your audience is in the United States, is, uh, is part of uh, North America. Well, it's because this is, number one, an international show. We do have audience all across the world. But number two, it's very important to take a look at what governments around the world, uh, especially more the Western ones, are doing because governments borrow ideas from one another. When bureaucrats look over at what other bureaucrats are doing and they say, hey, those bureaucrats have been successful at uh, subsuming more of those people's wealth. They, they've taken more people's money and they've gotten away with it and they've taken more freedom and they've gotten away with it. You know, we need to try that over here because, well, we're just not in control enough. We need more power. This is how bureaucrats think. They want to expand their uh, their influence. They want to expand their bureaucracy. And indeed, over in the UK, there are plans afoot to uh, make it so that the U- the UK government, Great Britain, will be able to monitor every email sent, every telephone call, uh, if, uh, phone records, email, internet browsing habits. They want it all. They want it all in their database. And so part of that plan is to uh, force people to give identification, including passports, when they purchase a mobile phone. 
And then here's another part of uh, this is an unrelated story, but related to the whole scheme of things over there in Great uh, Britain. This story from the Register. .co.uk. As unemployment looks set to soar in the months ahead, Kwanga Kratin, soon to be outgoing head of Ofcom, Ofcom is the Office of Communications. I believe they're similar to the FCC. Okay. Uh, Ofcom Lord David Curry appears to have discovered a cunning plan to find jobs for tens of thousands. The time for regulating the internet is nigh, and Ofcom could be the body to do it. In fairness, Lord Curry seems merely to be recognizing a change in political direction. Until very recently, the government approach to Internet content was mostly hands-off. This is no longer so, as recent initiatives on terror, suicide, and porn all indicate. Answering questions from the floor at the Royal Television Society Conference in London, Minister for Truth Andy Burnham said... Minister for Truth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The time has come for perhaps a different approach to the Internet. I want to even up that seesaw, even up the regulation between the old and the new. The idea was that the Internet was beyond legal reach and a space where governments can't go. That idea was no longer the case, say they. In his final annual lecture for Ofcom last week, Lord Curry expressed a belief that tighter regulation was coming. He said, ask most legislators today and where they think about it, they will say that a period of forbearance is coming to an end. His comments are not so much a call for a new role for Ofcom as a recognition that such a role might be coming. A spokesperson for Ofcom added that decisions would would need to be taken by the government, particularly as to where any new regulatory responsibility would lie. So they haven't actually gone ahead and regulated the internet yet but this is important because the politicians this guy who's the outgoing guy he's he's leaving ofcom is his final speech saying we've had about enough of this uh, unregulated internet this whole freedom and, crap yes, is just bad you've had your time freedom people now we are going to crack down yeah, we we had uh, I can't remember the author's name uh, Cory Doctorow um on yes. one time and did an interview and he was saying how uh you know, have, there was uh, the the idea of the socialized medicine was sort of a utility, and and I think that one of the things that he wasn't kind of getting there was, uh, you know, we asked him which one was worse, the United States or Great Britain, as far as uh, cracking down on people's freedoms, and he said, I don't know, it's a tough question. And he understood that there was a lot of privacy that was being taken away from people in Great Britain. He understood mm-hmm. that, and he didn't like that. He doesn't like the idea of privacy going away, and he certainly right. wouldn't like as being a, a member of the Electronic Freedom Foundation. Is mm-hmm. that right? He, um, a fellow, actually, is what he is. He wouldn't like the idea of Internet uh, uh, privacy going away. Absolutely not. But what he doesn't understand is that as the state gets bigger, it has to have places to go. It must grow. And this is going to be one of the natural ways that it's going to grow. The government that can giveth can taketh away. You know, um, we haven't had a, a situation where a state's actually been successfully controlled up to this point. I'd certainly like to see something like that tried in the future. I'd like to see it tried here in New Hampshire, as a matter of fact. But, uh, you know, at this point, you can just bet that as a state grows, it's going to get more and more invasive and more onerous to deal with. Now, the article claims that Ofcom is not pitching for the responsibility of regulating the Internet. Rather, it's highlighting the importance of issues that are likely to arise from this new governmental direction. One such issue is just how practical it would be to put in place any form of regulation based on site or even page classification. According to Andy Burnham, the introduction of a rating system for Internet content 
would not be overburdensome. We've asked the Ministry of Truth on several occasions how such a system might work and how its ministers view that such regulation would be easy to implement, could be squared with general consensus that it would be unworkable, or as one expert put it, bonkers. We asked again last week. The ministry didn't feel they could elucidate further. A spokesperson explained that as the UK Council for Child Safety on the Internet had only just been set up and would be making recommendations about regulating the Internet in due course, it wouldn't be helpful or appropriate for us to speculate about what those recommendations might be. So right now, you've got a problem where the government really doesn't have any idea how the hell they're going to go about doing this. Like, they're still trying to figure that part out. But boy, oh boy, do they want to. Boy, are they, are they just salivating at the idea of cracking down on the Internet. And I think here's a possibility. Maybe what you'll see is, this is just an idea, uh, maybe what they'll do is they'll lock down all but approved websites, and then you can submit your website to the approval board. And then the government, I'm just trying to think of, you know, like a control freak here. <laughs> then the government approval board will analyze the website's content and character, and uh, they will issue a grade, a mocking of some sort, adults only, children may access, etc., etc. And every website will, of course, have to display its rating on its page, that sort of thing. That, that way they'll have total control over who can go and see what. Only pages that are pre-approved will be accessible. That's a real total crackdown on, uh, on Internet freedom. It's possible. They're talking about it. They're, they're, the ideas are getting put on the table. Now we just get to wait and see what happens. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, dial the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com is the website to go to. Updates are available. You get signed up at updates.freetalklive.com, and we get you on the list. You'll know first what's going on with Free Talk Live as soon as you can know it. So get on the list over at updates.freetalklive.com. Check out the child-friendly superhero adventures of Minute Man, Liberty Lad, Manbot, and El Diablo, and the rest at, of the Freedom Force team at comics.thundergodexpress.com. For only $10... That's with the shipping. It's 10 bucks with the shipping. Um, you can get these Freedom Force comics. I think they're great. I've read them. I enjoy them. I put, a, put away a set of them for uh, Jack when he gets to be uh, well, old enough to care. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I would encourage you to do the same. And the first uh, 10 orders right now mentioning Free Talk Live will get a free random bonus comic. Uh, the, the author, whom I know, has uh, all, you know used to write comics, has all kinds of comics lying around, and I guess he's going to toss in one for uh, the first ten people that respond to this to get uh, the whole Freedom Force comic collection for ten bucks. Sweet deal. 1-800-259-9231. That is the number for us. Let me give that a website again. I only gave it once. Uh, Comics.thundergodexpress.com. Thundergodexpress Very good. All right. 
800-259-9231. Well, the police state news doesn't end in the U.K. There's always something to talk about here in uh, America, the United States, so-called. Uh, we go to William Norman Grigg from LewRockwell.com for his thoughts on the enforcement arm of the robber state. As the economy collapses, credit lines become constricted and tax revenues are choked off. We can expect local representatives of the parasite class, commonly called <laughs> government, to become pervasively creative in finding new ways to extract money from productive people. Because uh, property taxes are down, so they've got to make it up somewhere else, right? Yeah. Well, for parasites looking to feast on the wealth of others, the liberty-devouring fraud called the War on Drugs offers a particularly rich menu of possibilities. By way of the fraudulent, murderous enterprise called the War on Drugs, police and sheriff's departments in many jurisdictions are robbing people blind in the name of civil asset forfeiture, which is an officially sanctioned form of robbery in which cash or property is deemed guilty of involvement in narcotics trafficking. And if you think he's exaggerating, you're wrong. You can actually go and find court cases where it's United States versus $125,000. They actually have these cases. So how is it that the $125,000 is supposed to defend itself exactly? Uh, how can it talk? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but that's what's going on, it, and it happens all the time in this insane war on drugs. Greg points out that it's not necessary to prove that a crime's been committed or even to arrest or charge an individual with a criminal offense. Yeah, this is true. We've, we've read it many, many times. All that's required is for an officer to assert some nexus between the coveted, uh, coveted money or property, and then a civil procedure begins in which the onus is placed on the victim to prove that both he and his property are innocent. Of course, all in contradiction to the principles in the Constitution, which is, of course, the document they have claimed to, uh, you know, sworn to, have, uh, they allegedly have sworn to up- uphold. Law enforcement bodies across the nation are engorging themselves on the corrupt proceeds of such plunder. Tom Allman, sheriff of California's Mendocino County, recently advanced this depraved science by devising a way to seize both property and the money belonging to people who have explicit government permission to cultivate and use marijuana for medical purposes. So out in California in the mid-90s, they passed Proposition 215 by a fairly wide margin. Uh, which made it so that uh, certain people in California who have permission from a doctor can go ahead and acquire marijuana through legal channels. There are various different uh, grow ops uh, set up and these uh, public buildings you can go into. People have set up storefronts where you can go in and, and purchase various different types of marijuana. It's really a wonderful thing, especially for people that have real problems and they found that marijuana gives them assistance, medical oh. marijuana. Who am I to say otherwise? Uh, yeah, indeed. Well, Tom Allman apparently says otherwise. Allman, it must first be understood, insists that even though a marijuana plant that's legal looks just like a marijuana plant that's illegal, his sheriff department carefully discriminates between the legal cultivation of medical marijuana and that grown for and that grown for illicit commercial use. He also claims that I have friends who benefit from medical marijuana. Well, Allman also takes offense when his department is accused of exceeding its mandate by seizing medical marijuana. The sheriff's office focuses its eradication efforts on commercial marijuana operations, Allman insisted in an essay-length letter published in the Ukiah Daily Journal. We don't target legitimate medical marijuana patients or their caregivers. In fact, Sheriff Allman continued, his department actually protected legitimate medical marijuana crops from violent criminals who would poach them and sell them illegally. Recently, our office arrested eight Sacramento-area young people who drove to Mendocino County for the sole purpose of stealing marijuana. All eight were arrested within an hour of the crime. 
The investigation into a series of violent marijuana robberies on the coast has resulted in the arrest of more out-of-county criminals. Sounds like a good guy, right? He's out there protecting the marijuana growers, supposedly. The citizens of Mendocino County can be Mendocino. proud. Mendocino County can be proud of the work our detectives put into these cases. Concluded Alman. Oop, I forgot my accent. In the kind of self-congratulatory plug that's de rigueur in official communiques from the governing class. To be fair, the September 19th marijuana robbery was a serious property crime in which six large plants, each of which was valued at $3,000, were stolen at gunpoint from 57-year-old Laytonville resident Richard Weaver, who cultivated them for medical use. This was an example of the rarest and most unexpected of things, a government agency actually acting in defense of an individual's person and property. However... Almond's heroic deputies didn't bestir themselves to solve an even more egregious armed robbery involving medical marijuana that took place in Philo the following Wednesday. That crime involved the seizure of 17 marijuana plants and over $80,000 in cash. As was the case with the Laytonville heist, the victims of the second crime had legally cultivated their plants for their personal medical needs. So why the discrepancy? Well, where Mr. Weaver was a sick man on the wrong side of 50, confronted by eight armed college-age men, the victims in Philo were Lester and Mary Smith, both of whom are in their ninth decade and suffer from a variety of afflictions, from severe arthritis to heart disease. These people are non-noventagenarians? What would that be? I guess so. Anyway, uh, Mary is confined to a wheelchair, and Lester, a World War II veteran, is immobilized by two bad hips and suffers from frequent chest pains that make it nearly impossible for him to breathe. The pitiless thugs who attacked the Smiths on September 24th not only took away their indispensable pain medication, for which they had obtained the appropriate prescription, as well as the necessary government growing permit, but they also stole these folks' life savings as well. Oh, God. $80,000. It's difficult to conceive of a personality so utterly surrendered to criminal appetites that it could commit such an act. Since Sheriff Alman is so eager to throw laurels at the feet of his intrepid detectives, one might expect him to deploy them in pursuit of the fiends who assaulted Lester and Mary Smith. Not so much. Let every brush be beaten. Let every stone be capsized. Let no clue elude your vigilant gaze. One imagines Sheriff Allman commanding his eager detectives, assuming that he favors the overripe diction typical of a hero from the 19th century. Uh, (laughs) Darken not the door of this sheriff's office again until you hold within the unyielding grasp of incarnate justice those responsible for (laughs) reducing this venerable couple to their present undeserved state of penury. (laughs) <laughs> One would expect Sheriff Allman to issue a command of that sort to his detectives, albeit in less florid language, but one would be wrong. You see, the perpetrators who robbed the Smiths at gunpoint were... Oh, well, I think we all know. <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be the DEA, but I, it's not the DEA. The cops. Yeah, Mr. Allman's deputies. So having detectives build a case about them would pose some interesting problems in workplace etiquette. Four of these guys came in here, these deputies, big as barnyard bulls, hollering real loud, accusing us of growing marijuana to sell, said Lester. He told this uh, to Mr. Gregg in a telephone interview. They do everything they can to scare you and get you frustrated. Smith lives near three grandchildren who rent properties from him. One of them is his 31-year-old granddaughter, Yolanda, who was a victim of a lengthy abusive harangue by one of the heroic deputies. We'll get to the rest of the story here in moments. 800-259-9231. So the cops came in. They uh, stole the marijuana from these 90-year-old, this 90-plus-year-old couple. Stole their life savings as well. What's the rest of the story? We'll share with you in moments. It's Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. Try to sneak in here, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, then we need to ask you to do us a big favor. Please go and vote for us at the Podcast Awards. Voting is open as of today, and it's ding, going ding, ding, through. Ding, ding. Uh, going it's the opening through, bell. You know, I, f- I forgot to mention this in my update that I sent earlier today. The voting goes through November 6th, so it's about a two-week voting period, and you may vote every 24 hours. So it's not a one-time voting thing. You can go and vote for us every single day if you would like, and we'd appreciate it if you did it as often as you could. Uh, head over to podcastawards.com. Scroll down the page, way down, where the third category from the bottom on the right-hand column, it's the political categories, where you will find Free Talk Live. Click the little button next to Free Talk Live, scroll down a little further, and then you'll see where it's asking you for a name and email address. They are randomly sending out emails to email addresses to, to verify, to make sure you're a real person. And so you enter that info there, and then you check a box, and you click Submit, and you'll have submitted your ballot for today, at least, in the podcast. You can awards. do it every day. And, you uh, yeah, I, you know, th- at this point, I'd like to beseech, I'd like to implore, I'd like to beg people. This is the most important time of the year for me. Because when I can say that we've been awarded uh, the podcastaward.com's best political podcast of 2005, 2006, 2007, and then hopefully 2008, it's very, very motivating to advertisers. It's more motivating than saying, you know, we're number one at Podcast Alley right now. We have been number one at Podcast Alley several months in a row, whatever. Because awards are really important. Right. I can send them pictures of the little trophies. Yeah. So, um... Please, uh, podcastawards.com. Do it uh, Do it every day. Uh, set a little reminder for yourself in your uh, PDA. We'll be reminding you. We'll be doing that, too, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you'll necessarily listen to the show every day. Yeah. This, we have to win. We have to win. And we can, with your help, if you go to podcastawards.com and vote for Free Talk Live in the political category. All right. We continue with a story here from William Norman Grigg at lewrockwell.com, uh, where he is talking about this outrageous story, which unfortunately is not so unusual, where the cops in Mendocino County have gone and raided the home of a couple of 90-plus-year-old people, very sick, sick people. They've been growing marijuana for medicinal uh, medicinal purposes. They have the government grow- <clears throat> grower's permit. They've got the prescriptions. Yeah, what else do you need? They've gone and jumped through the hoops. But for whatever reason, the cops showed up and stole all of their marijuana and over $80,000 in cash. All their money. That's their life savings. Their life savings, yep. And apparently their excuse me, their grandchildren live nearby. One of them is a 31-year-old granddaughter, Yolanda, who was the victim of a lengthy abusive harangue by one of the heroic deputies. Lester, uh, this is the old man, recounts, The trailer is nearby, and I could hear him yelling at her. He kept screaming at her. Your grandpa gives you pot to sell for money. And she kept telling him that I don't. This went on for a long time, and eventually he made her cry and even throw up. She told me that she was convinced that if she just told him what he wanted to hear, he'd leave her alone. So eventually she said yes. But I never did anything of the kind. We have a prescription. My daughter got the permit, and we grow marijuana here only to use as medicine. 
The only legal justification, says Greg, for seizing anything from the Smiths would necessarily involve some kind of criminal charges. Yet neither Smith nor his wife nor any of their children nor their in-laws has been charged with a crime. Right. When you don't, as far as I'm concerned, when the police go and take things from people and they don't charge them with crimes, they don't charge the individual people with mm-hmm. crimes. I'm not talking about charging the marijuana plants. I'm not talking about charging the money. If they don't charge the individuals with a crime, they have committed theft, and those police officers deserve to do to, to do worse. the amount of time. Yeah, it's twice the theft. amount of time that we would do if we did it. It's worse and, than and theft. By the way, it's not theft. It's armed, armed robbery. robbery. And that's exactly what Greg points out. He says, even by the terms of what Sheriff Allman calls the law, this incident's nothing more than felonious armed robbery carried out under the color of supposed authority. Not long ago, Mary Smith, one of the other, uh, the, the older lady in her 90s, received a $52,000 inheritance. And roughly a year ago, Lester started to withdraw money from his bank accounts in anticipation of the economic catastrophe now in full flower. When Congress passed the Plutocrat Bailout and Economic Dictatorship Act two weeks ago, Lester cashed in his CDs. When the sheriff's deputies arrived to conduct their little robbery, the Smiths had $81,000 in the family safe and tore up another $51,000 in medical marijuana plants. That's a total haul of $132,000, which is pretty impressive for just a couple hours' worth of government work. Lester and Mary have to wait until next March 3rd to begin the long, painful, and expensive process of trying to recover the money Almond's department stole from them. Both are approaching 90 years of age, excuse me, approaching 90, and in very poor health, which makes it exceptionally unlikely that they'll ever get their money back. This suggests the thugs who robbed them must have cased out their target very carefully. It wouldn't surprise me to learn they got a heads up from a spitzel at the local bank. Interestingly, Allman and his homies at the DA's office didn't attach to the Smith's minuscule checking account, which they could have done had they really believed the elderly couple were drug peddlers. But with their savings now being used to keep the sheriff's department supplied with donuts, Lester and Mary now have nothing but their social security checks and the $600 he gets from renting properties to his three grandchildren. The Smiths are a couple who had saved nearly everything they earned that wasn't spent on necessities. They're Mm. children of the Great Depression, who were making preparations to deal with the Greater Depression. Lester indicated to me he was planning on buying gold. Stricken with years and uh, stricken with years and left helpless by disease, they were an easy target for a predatory law enforcement agency. This kind of thing is going to become very commonplace. Sheriff Allman, you'll recall, admits he can't tell the difference between a legal marijuana plant and an illegal one. Clear-headed people will have the exact same problem in trying to find a moral distinction separating the gang of private sector thugs who lobbied Richard or robbed Richard Weaver and the government-authorized gang that terrorized and robbed Lester and Mary Smith. The gang that attacked Weaver behaved very much like a police unit. They gathered intelligence about uh, Mendocino County's legal marijuana gardens, coordinated their movements via radio, and carried firearms to compel their victims to submit. As far as I can tell, the only substantive differences between these two robberies were, first, that the crooks who robbed Weaver had a much smaller take, and second, their heist was unsuccessful because it was foiled by the intervention of a much larger, better equipped, and more ruthless gang. Once again, we're driven to contemplate the wisdom of Albert J. Nock from his magisterial book, Our Enemy, the State. Quote, everyone knows that the state claims and exercises a monopoly of crime and that it makes this monopoly as strict as it can. It forbids private murder, but itself organizes murder on a colossal scale. It punishes theft, but itself lays unscrupulous hands on anything it wants, whether the property of citizen or of alien. Of all the crimes that are committed for gain or revenge, there's not one that we have not seen it commit. Murder, mayhem, arson, robbery, fraud, criminal collusion, and connivance. Unquote. In ways too numerous to chronicle, 
The local police in our country are rapidly becoming the most serious criminal threat we, we face. This is because common crooks, when repelled, will retreat and seek other victims. But criminals in state-issued costumes will summon sufficient force to visit exemplary violence upon those who resist. This is not an argument against righteous resistance, but rather a sober tactical assessment of the enforcement arm of an enemy that has dropped any pretense of acting on behalf of the public good. We go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. That, again, was William Norman Grigg from LewRockwell.com. Uh, but first, need to tell you about the Institute for Humane Studies offering free seminars over spring break. This March, you can join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is not only free, but IHS actually provides housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or Emory University in Atlanta for March 14th through the 19th. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more info. That's LibertarianSeminars.com. We talked to Joe, who is in California. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Joe, California going once. Do we have Joe in California going twice? All right. Well... There you go. 1-800-259-9231. Mark your reflections on the uh, the police state. I, 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 this, this whole thing with uh, legalized marijuana, pretty much, in California, it, it, it doesn't seem – it seems like the cops are still doing whatever the hell they want to do. Sure, they certainly are. Normally we hear it as the DEA going in and doing these things, but it's clear that the local boys are doing that stuff as well. Right. And it's more evidence that the political process is garbage because if you go and you change the law, which is what they did over a decade ago in California, 1996 is when this law was passed – the cops don't give a flip what the law says. Nope, they have total they're, immunity. They're saying that uh, these people that are legally growing marijuana for medicinal purposes are, in fact, giving the marijuana to somebody for the purposes of sales. If this were so, charge them. Arrest them. Get the evidence yep. out there. Charge give them, them a trial. Do not confiscate their medicine and uh, take their yep. life savings. They probably did have a stoolie at the bank, found out that they were withdrawing money, wondered why, mm. and uh, took it. They're 90 years old. Of course they've got savings. They have to have savings. Otherwise, they won't be able to buy anything. It's not like they can work. And they can't even make it physically to the courtroom because they're so uh, crippled. They're 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 sick. You're robbing sick people. They're you cops killing them. Now, I know there's some good cops out there, but if you're in a department with cops like this and you aren't speaking out about it, you're not doing anything good. You're not doing anything to help the situation. Just standing by and staying quiet as these poor people get uh, their lives stolen out from under them. It's outrageous. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. What are you going to do about it, by the way? Think about that. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.